Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Java junkies, welcome back to another Espresso Shots episode of T4C. If you're interested in breaking into the field of functional and integrative medicine, or if you just want to learn more about what the field is all about, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is a family practice physician with an expertise in a variety of chronic diseases. But before I introduce you to Dr. Ebony Cornish, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that drops into your inbox bright and early every Monday morning to help you level up your insights into dozens of different industries and careers, as well as show you how to build a meaningful and healthy life. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign up box is right there. Now, my organic coffee lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Dr. Ebony Cornish, a family practice physician at the Amen Clinics, where she specializes in infectious diseases and functional medicine, as well as the treatment of Lyme disease, environmental toxicity, methylation disorders, among other chronic conditions. Dr. Cornish completed her family medicine residency at Georgetown University. And in 2003, as a Howard Hughes Medical Fellow, she conducted research at the National Human Genome Research Institute of NIH, where she was an apprentice in the laboratory of Francis Collins, MD, and he's also a PhD. He also happens to be the current director of NIH and the leader of the Human Genome Project. Dr. Cornish currently serves as a board member of the International Lyme and Associated Diseases Society Educational Foundation. She's also a member of the American College for Advancement in Medicine and the Institute of Functional Medicine. Dr. Cornish, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am, and I'm ready. You are excellent. Now, let's be real here. It is 5.40 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. Are you really caffeinated? Listen, I'm a mother of four-year-old triplets. So to keep up, I stay caffeinated. I wish I had a caffeine IV at times because I'm always on fuel. (laughs) I bet. I bet. I know. Can you believe it? She has this amazing practice and she is raising four-year-old triplets, two girls and a boy. Yes. And they are a joy. 
very fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we get going here with our 10 espresso shots to help our young listeners learn how to break into this absolutely fascinating field. And I am obsessed with functional medicine. So, oh my God, I could go on forever with Dr. Cornish. But would you be kind enough first to give our young listeners a quick overview of what functional, also known as integrative medicine is? Because while it is becoming a bit more mainstream, I think there's still an awful lot of people, young people, older people who've never heard of it. And that is absolutely right, Andrea, because honestly, I didn't hear much about integrative medicine during my time at Brown University or even through residency. So basically what it means is that we understand how the human body works. And taking a step back, we look at the root cause of illness, not just giving the treatment. So when I was family practice, that's all I did. You know, you have diabetes, you take this treatment, high blood pressure, take this treatment. Well, when I was exposed to integrative medicine, I feel realized it's more about prevention. And if you understand preventative methods, and then you take it another step and you take it actually to what we learned in school, the science, that's how you really get people better. So I find myself, I tell patients, I'm a generalist. I look at the entire body. May that be the hormones or the infections. And I even, Andrea, go back to birth history to find out if there were things that may have been inherited that are causing people to have these conditions. So in translation, it's understanding the root cause of illness and not just treating the patient. And you look at all different systems for that. May that be biology, hormones, infections, sleep problems, and then overall lifestyle. So I find myself wearing numerous different hats every day. We are going to be digging into this in detail in our main Time for Coffee interview. So check out show notes to see if Dr. Cornish's Main T4C episode has already dropped. And here's just a little teaser. Dr. Cornish is my doctor. And we're going to be digging into what she has been doing to help me level up and optimize my health. So I am so excited to open that door. But for right now, let's dive into our 10 espresso shots. The first question being, what entry-level jobs are available to young people, Dr. Cornish, who want to break into integrative medicine? I would always encourage doing some sort of apprenticeship or shadowing experience. They may not necessarily be a job, but it gets you that exposure because as I said, it's not a field that is well understood in our training. So having that volunteer work, looking for doctors who might be a part of the Institute of Functional Medicine or ILAC or, you know, all those integrative organizations. Another one is ACAM and finding doctors who you can follow, who you can shadow. That's a great entry position. My first job said for doctors who think outside the box. I had no idea what that meant. And I checked outside the box and there I was and here I am today. So I would definitely say entry level, just finding a doctor who you may look online and then shadowing them. Nice, nice. What about If someone says, gosh, I don't really see myself going to medical school, doing a residency, doing all this, what other alternate paths are there for those individuals? 
Oh, there are so many. You can do, because like I said earlier, functional medicine includes many different areas. So you can learn functional nutrition. You can learn just even being an exercise coach, teaching people how to stay healthy, stay fit. You know, that's great. That's functional medicine. You can do functional psychiatry if you're interested in or psychology. If you're just interested in hearing people out and try to find that root cause to mental illness, which is something I'm also very passionate about working at Amen Clinic. You know, those are all great ways to just kind of dabble a little bit. There are also alternative schools. You can do chiropractor. You can be a naturopath. You know, it's it, the world is really your oyster. There are so many different ways to learn about integrative medicine now and not have to do that traditional medical school eight-year route. Perfect. Perfect. Dr. Cornish, what is a useful hard and soft skill that you look for in the young people that you work with and that you think our young listeners, especially those who are still in college right now, should try to cultivate if they want to get into this field? A great hard skill, and it may not sound so hard, but it's to be a good listener in order to succeed. Because in functional medicine, that's really how we get the most information from our patients is their history and listening to their stories. So that's a great hard skill to have, just being a great listener to your patients and even start with your friends and family. I always say, sometimes I just put my phone on mute and let the other person keep going. And you can tell a lot about what's happening in someone's life. And a good soft skill to have is compassion. You know, people come from all different walks of life. We're dealing with crazy times in our country, in our world. So just having that ability to maybe even reach out, give someone a hug, empathy. You know, those are good soft skills to have in any profession, but especially when you're dealing in integrative medicine, where your real goal is to understand the root cause. So what about a hard skill? What do you think would be a valuable hard skill for them to cultivate? So a great hard skill that I found that was very useful is just analytics, like being able to read something and look at the pros and cons, weigh the risk and benefits, because as a doctor, that's what you do. You have to know the risk and benefits. And it's very analytical. So things like mathematics and, you know, just studying those kind of subjects, I found really beneficial long term. Terrific. Is someone's major a deciding factor to get into this field. In other words, if they haven't majored in, as I know you did, you majored in neurology. Was that right? Am I neuroscience. Kidding? Neuroscience. <laughs> I'm sorry. Neuro, I knew it was a neuro. You majored in neuroscience, but you also majored in African studies. Yes. Yes. And, and that's the beauty of medicine in general. You know, the misconception is, oh, you must be a biology major or a chemistry major. But guess what? There are so many programs that allow for people to go from undergrad to med school directly without taking the MCATs or other exams. That's one of the programs I did at Brown University. I went to what's called the PLEMI program. So when I was accepted in undergrad, I was already accepted in med school. And that allowed for me to have the freedom to explore other fields, to take courses, you know, pass well, even spend time on Wall Street and studied abroad. So college like University of Michigan have programs like that, Northwestern, Brown, you know, there are quite a few if you do research and that just gives you a lot of freedom. But at the same time, I have a lot of colleagues who 
who were literature art majors and just did the basic requirements for med school exception. They might have been, I had a friend of mine who's now a plastic surgeon. Their major was performing arts. And they did all the pre-med recs. They did really great on their examinations. They did a lot of research, you know, in undergrad. And guess what? They ended up graduating from Harvard. And now they're a plastic surgeon. And they make, that's like our running joke. Like, oh, your major was performing arts. But it's such a diverse field. I mean, as long as you take the basic science requirements for getting into a medical school, I mean, you really can be flexible. And it, and when they're looking at students that want to become doctors, they're looking at well-rounded individuals, people who have extracurriculars, people who aren't just, you know, have this monolithic approach at science, and that's all they want to do. You know, you really want to be well-rounded. And I think that I learned experience and I want to encourage others. I love that. Oh my gosh. And I'd never heard of programs like that where you could get accepted to medical school as an undergrad when you're first starting out. That takes a lot of pressure off you. Oh, it does. And it makes your undergraduate experience enjoyable and fun. So that's why, you know, even when I went to undergrad and I did African-American history studies as my undergrad career, I just had so much freedom. You know, it was relaxed. I was able to study abroad and I didn't have that constant pressure to just get that double A and that top score. And it just is something to look into. Great advice. Okay. So let's say somebody does want to become a practicing functional medical doctor. They have to go to, right? When it comes to grad school, they have to go to medical school. Are there certain medical schools that incorporate, really incorporate the functional approach to the training or are we still having to, is that something they have to supplement after they graduate? That's an excellent question. And what I found, I mean, it's been a while since I've been in medical school, but I found that different programs are looking at introducing what they're calling functional medicine curriculums at this time because they're evolving and they know that medicine is evolving. But as far as, you know, DOs, you know, osteopathic doctors, that is a degree that's also a doctor, but it's tailored towards more integrative strategies, naturopath medicine, NDs. They have special approaches at treating patients, which is more holistic and it uses and incorporates a lot of herbals and natural remedies. And, and that's widely accepted as well. So I think looking at mainstream, some of the medical schools that we may be more familiar with, especially in the Ivy League, there are a lot of organizations that are encouraging that functional medicine approach. And even I know at Cleveland Clinic, they're giving that up. They're, they're starting those training programs in undergrad and also during residency. You can get certifications in them. Yeah. Terrific. What about life experiences? What in your experience, Dr. Cornish, do you think are the most valuable life experiences that our young listeners who are still in college right now could try to have or seek out even during the time of the coronavirus (laughs) that could get them in the right mindset and maybe even give them a leg up? when they finish and go into go into medical school? I think research and those summer programs is very, very important. That was life-changing for me just in my 
approach to a patient. When I was in undergrad, I spent time at Howard University. They had a cancer institute at that time that was just starting. And after my first year of undergrad, I said, hey, let's try that out. You know, I would love to see more about genetics because I hadn't really thought about that. And I'm, and I'm always very inquisitive. I've always been interested in how things work and how things develop. So genetics was just a natural attraction for me. And so from there on, every summer, I found myself doing something fun in research. And I find that a lot of physicians get a leg up that way, you know, trying to find something during the summer that they can do. If that's a research program, there are tons for undergraduate kids and even people in grad school. And then when I was in residency doing the Howard Hughes Research Fellow was was life changing because that was my first time at NIH. And I still keep those contacts today. So that's a benefit. You know, that leg up is really what you do during your off time, if it's research, if it's shadowing, if it's even developing, you know, the kids right now, these students are so well versed with technology and creating apps or different groups. I mean, there's so many different social media platforms that there was one doctor, one child, no, he was actually in undergrad and he created a book that looked at dermatologic manifestations of infections among darker skin tones. Really? And he had that online. It was fascinating because he looked at Lyme disease. He looked at, you know, um, psoriasis. And the list goes on and on because there's not a lot of research there. And the presentations are so different. And he put it on Instagram and Facebook. And lo and behold, I mean, he was an undergrad and it was well received. So just being creative is an excellent way, especially in this time of telemedicine and um, virtual learning. Great advice. So what is the best part for you, Dr. Cornish? of being in this profession? I think the best part, and this might sound interesting, is learning and understanding what you don't know. If you ever meet someone in functional medicine or integrative medicine or any doctor says, oh, I know it all, you should run right out their office right away because we're always learning about how the human body works, how toxins and insects and bugs and mold, how all of those things affect us and how we can better prepare ourselves for it. So I think that that's what every day I go to work, I learn something new. I'm always reading. I learn something from my patients. I learn something about my treatment modalities. And it's just, it expands all the time. So I think that that, I mean, I'm a nerd. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, honestly, if I could do it all over again, I think I probably would be pushing myself if I were in school, if I were in college right now to study more on the sciences side, because I am absolutely fascinated with this field. I love it. And don't, of course, have the depth of knowledge that you do in the science background. So I'm looking at it very much as a lay person. So <laughs> I, I love being the patient because I learn from you. <laughs> so the flip side. What is the part of your current job, Dr. Cornish? You mentioned the telemedicine piece. It could be that. It could be something else that sucks the most for you. That is hard. The telemedicine component, because I love patients. I love being able to touch them. I love being able to see, you know, what they might be presenting with. I love being able to listen, you know, to their heart and lungs and really do a good physical exam. So having this virtual climate has been challenging as it relates to patient care. 
But I think we've done a great job converting over to these new platforms and new treatment modalities. But that's the part that really sucks. It's not being able to touch, hold, hug, and see that patient in public, in person. I mean, that's that's really it. Yeah. Well, I have to say it's it sucks for the patient, except that I do like the fact that I don't have to really get put on my coat and get in the car and drive all the way over to the doctor's office. It is nice being able to click right on Zoom to see you. So three final espresso shots. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Don't give up. You know, because being a woman in medicine, being an African-American woman in medicine, being a person in research, sometimes you get discouraged. You're not always going to be perfect. You're not always going to get that perfect grade or perfect score. And it's challenging, you know, but if you have the perseverance and you just don't give up and you keep moving forward with your dreams. And even once you become a physician, because I didn't end up and I didn't start in the field that I'm in today. I went through a lot of trials and tribulations and learning and failures. And you have to forgive yourself and say, all right, let's move forward. Mm. So we will get into this more in the main interview. But you mentioned being a woman, being an African-American woman in this field. What percentage do you have any sense what percentage of physicians in the integrative slash functional space are women, let alone African-American women? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's too few probably to count. I know when I first started treating chronic tick-borne illness, it was like I was a chocolate chip at the conference. You know, it was me. And I would look around, it's hundreds of other doctors, or look at speaker platforms, and there were no doctors that looked like me. So fortunately, as I've trained and I learned more, I started to get the platform to do the presentations, to do the recruitment. And even now for our organization, ILATS, we have two African-American women on the board, which is great. It's golden. So it's just kind of knocking, breaking that ceiling and moving forward. But it's a very small percentage. Even to this day. So you've been one of the trailblazers. Uh, I hope so. (laughs) That's pretty cool. So here's a fun question for you. What movies, if any, and we can say documentaries or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows or books, do you think accurately depict this profession? Oh, that's a great, great question. I thought, I think long and hard about this all the time. But you know, one of my favorite, and this will be good for your listeners, because they'll probably be aware of it, is a show Scrubs. It's about residents who... <laughs> I love <laughs> Scrubs. The they go through, and it's just like so relatable because I'm like, oh, I had a chief resident that way. And it just makes you want to sit back and laugh through the bad times and the bad experiences. But that is a great show. And they have a lot of accurate stories and a representation of there. So I love that's one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. I so love Scrubs. I have not seen it in years, but there the cast was hysterical. Absolutely <laughs> hysterical. I'm trying to remember the name. I know Jack or Zach. Zach. Zach, somebody or another, was one of the young residents. Oh, great show. We'll include a link in our show notes. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about functional medicine? That's a good question as well. They would be surprised to know how much we're still learning about the human body. Because in medicine, you always want to have that answer. It's like you have a diagnosis. This is your treatment. This is your medication. 
have a nice day. But in functional medicine, there's so much room for discovery and you can definitely leave your mark and find your niche in this in this in this field which is great it is unlike many others because it's always evolving fantastic dr cornish thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the t for c community this was just wonderful Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.